0: We need more people who push us for, again, like the big screen film festivals and stuff like that. Like, you know, try something bigger, not just stick to YouTube. Because there's a lot of talented people here. And yeah. that's what we want to do, is yeah. just like keep inspiring people.
1: Hey, everyone. You're listening to the 2M Creative Labs podcast. On this episode, we have a roundtable discussion about video with Daryl Palapas, Vince Blase and myself, Juan Manuel, with Serena Chan bringing the hard hitting questions. We talk about our approaches to storytelling, the differences between YouTube versus short films, and what video can do that no other medium cannot. Super insightful roundtable discussion for people who don't know about video, but want to learn. But just to get started, I would just go around the table. Uh, Hey, my name is Juan, and I'm one of the hosts of the podcast, and we'll go around.
2: Serena?
3: (laughs) My name is
0: Vince Place. I'm a creative director. My name is Daryl. I'm a wedding videographer, creative
1: from creatives as well sweet um yeah so i guess this episode's theme is a lot about video mm-hmm. figured we'd bring everybody around so we can talk about all our different approaches i'll pretty much just let you take the wheel on this one serena
2: yes so the reason that i have a list of questions is because i'm not a videographer and mm-hmm. you all are so this way i can ask questions and people who don't know about video can learn right via you guys so what is the difference between photography and videography? Because I know you all are photographers as well.
0: Well, the the way I see it, and the way I kind of explain it to people is that photography stills and video is just um, a moving picture, pretty much. That's that's the way I'll, I'll explain it to people.
2: Interesting.
3: Yeah, I mean, they always say like a picture is a thousand words. So imagine twenty four frames so 24 pictures per (laughs) second right (laughs) right so you got a lot of words to fill up with so I I would just say that video is always just a bit more of a complex way of telling a a story but I mean a photographer a professional photographer could probably argue that
0: it's very uh, subjective really
2: Mm -hmm. I find it a very different thought process so I'm not a videographer but I've been trying to learn and it's a very With photography, you're trying to put everything into one frame, right? It's a story in one Mm -hmm. frame. Whereas video seems to be a narrative that's Mm -hmm. fluid, Mm -hmm. which is much more difficult for my brain to wrap around because it's not just put it all in a frame, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bunch of different pictures that you have to think about Mm -hmm. that all kind of, uh, you're building like a photo album basically, right? Right. Um, Through video in a way. So that's how I would see it.
2: Right. Why video and not any other creative medium?
0: For me, it gives you that creative freedom. Like, it could really take you anywhere. For photo, like you have to think about the frame, the story, all in one. Whereas video, you can you can add more into it. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, um, it's complicated. Like a movie. It's, very, <laughs> it's very broad, really. But like in a movie, you could it could take you pretty much anywhere and yeah i just i just love being photography uh, i mean videography just because for photo it it's some some somehow it restricts you like i want to take this photo but i can only do so much whereas with video you can you have like the whole creative freedom to do whatever you want
2: Couldn't you say it goes the other way too because instead of having it in one frame you have to spread it out over whatever amount of time mm-hmm. so that's a restriction
0: yes and no so like for me, uh, restrictive wise, is like again like for my style is storytelling. For photo, yeah, yes, for, for photography wise, the still can can uh, also explain a whole lot. But the the fluidity of the video helps you get your message
1: across much better. Yeah, you kind of have to, f- you follow some sort of direction through yeah. video. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas photography, I think if you look at a frame, you piece it together yourself, right? It's like, mm. oh, there's this little piece detail yeah. over there that was probably intentional to tell more yeah. of the story. Okay. Um, but whereas video, you're intentionally showing those in different sections.
2: Right. right? right. Which,
1: so you're guiding how they're going to see it yeah. and then letting them figure it out through that narrative. Whereas photos, like, okay, it's there it's like a spot the little details that are in there
2: okay yeah
1: you're not really showing like you're putting you're putting obviously certain like things out of focus but if you look closely it's like oh there's something there
2: right yeah interesting
1: thoughts um
3: no i think that's a good point um like when you look at the really high quality like commercial photographers and photography when it's all like planned and Like even like the, the wedding planned shots, Mm -hmm. every detail, like you mentioned in a shot is very planned out. Um, not that videography isn't, but videography, like you mentioned, you have more than one angle to kind of show the different story. Um, so it's a little bit more fluid in that sense that you can kind of, okay, we didn't show this, so we'll take this angle. Um, but yeah, personally, I think I'd take videography just because it, I find it's a little bit more complex, not that photography isn't, but you have to do like photography is sort of incorporated in video you have to have a nice frame. You have to have nice colors, nice editing. On top of that, you have to be able to tell a story on multiple frames and also music. Um, Music is a big passion of mine. So um, being able to have to tell a story often in with music and all those elements together, I think is one of the most complex things any creative could ever have to do um, all at once. So that's why I I like it.
1: So
0: that's a very good point because let's say just picture a landscape Most photographers would probably take the same shot or move somewhere, take the same shot. Whereas with video, (laughs) you kind of get the whole space around you. So let's say that's the landscape. Now you can kind of show people in there taking photos, all that kind of stuff. Like it gives you the whole three-dimensional space, right? Right. I think Mm -hmm. that's what I love about
3: it.
2: That makes sense.
3: To add on that, um, I think it's really (laughs) cool nowadays the like Instagram, especially Carousel. I find that, photographers are kind of moving towards the idea of a video where they are showing that part. So you'll see like a nice landscape shot from that first location, mm-hmm. but then you'll see like a shot, a close up shot of a guy taking a photo and him pulling stuff out of his bag and like the close up of a, you know, the grass surrounding. So yeah. I find that they're kind of maybe getting inspired off videographers to show more of a story and using technology and like the platforms that we have to illustrate a little bit, a little bit more complex of a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. Definitely, it feels complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you start learning video?
0: I started learning back in 2010, 2011, uh, 2010, when I first got my, my camera. It had video, but mo- mostly everything was um, fully automatic. The only thing I could change was uh, ISO. So. My friend was doing a uh, whole bunch of dance videos, even before we started um, collaborating, doing collaborating um, on short films, uh, again like uh, music videos, stuff like that. So I, I I got into it, but at the time I uh, I wasn't, I didn't feel creative enough. Like, okay, like I can do this, I can do that, but it doesn't give me that like, like I said creative freedom to. Kind of do whatever like what i want right specifically so I'm like, i got i got into it more around 2011 i started taking film studies at u of m just like get into it um learn all the compositions and from then on i just started loving do, doing video and i actually i have done video like 100 percent like maybe 100 percent then for photography it was 50 at the time
2: right because you were also in architecture
0: yeah i was. Uh, yeah. Whoa.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't even know you took a course I did, at U of M. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were architect at U of yeah, yeah. M, but uh, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I started right away. Video was what I wanted to get into when I started uh, the whole photography. So I remember um, probably back in 2016. 2017, uh, I picked up a camera, my mom's DSLR and it only had photo capability. Yeah. So I was like shooting to make a blog at the time and just for fun. I didn't really have any passion for it. And then after a couple of shoots, I thought maybe I could, you know, pull this through, but I knew I wanted to do video right away. So I saved up and I got myself a camera that could do both.
1: Nice. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it was probably like 2007. Um, just, I don't remember what camera it was, but. I'm sure it was my parents' camera, and we just started shooting like random little uh, home videos with my friends, which um, you start to kind of like YouTube was a thing at the time, but you're also learning a lot about- First year. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And you just started learning about how to make videos and how to edit them, and that was super fun, but it's kind of just didn't see it as something that you could really do for a living. so you kind of put that aside for quite a long time and then picked up a camera that can do both eventually. And Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh yeah, I remember this was super fun. You know, get to kind of visualize the video in your head as you're shooting it and then get get to the editing and you're like, man, this is shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's, it's that kind of, it's the same way that kind of, um, you learn something or you watch something and you think, Oh, that's really cool. I want to try that out. And then you go and do it. And, until you get it right and then move on to the next uh, cool kind of concept. So that's kind of how I learned is, um, just watch enough and say, okay, I think I know, I know how to do that and then try it. It's like, no, that sucks. And then just keep kind of repeating. Yeah. Um, and I think I learned that the same way I did with photography too. It's, you know, look at certain cool, uh, photos or certain people that really inspire you. And then you just try to emulate those uh, techniques and then bring it to your style. So that's how I learned.
2: So then did you all start creative th- stuff being videographers?
3: No, no. I started photography.
2: Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right. Okay. I was going to say that yeah, was strange.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing I did on my camera was of photo, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But...
2: Hmm.
1: I mean, I probably drew and did more digital art than actual video. Right. Right, because I, I worked a lot more on Photoshop and 3D modeling. For the longest time, like throughout, um, like early high school, but that was because, well, you can't really film outside, outside of the summer, (laughs) summer times. Right. So um, I didn't want to do anything. indoors. You could, but it it was a lot more fun when all your friends were kind of like, Hey, let's go shoot a video and then post it on YouTube. And that was sick when youtube was a thing so
2: yeah <laughs> it's still a
1: thing <laughs> i can't find the channel so whatever but yeah i started more on the ground. you can't
3: find the channel you started yeah oh damn I know. it's so
1: frustrating There was like three videos on there oh, it's no,
3: probably no. viral <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude i figured yeah, there's like is.
3: millions of sponsors coming in yeah. Hey, we won. <laughs>
2: just
3: a bunch of kids
1: <laughs> Yeah, I started more on the graphic design part. Interesting. It's not graphic design, but like digital or digital, digital
2: Yeah, That's very different. Very different. Okay, who are your inspirations?
1: When
0: I started, uh, this was when, like, wedding was already boom. Uh, it was uh, Jason McBanoa. He's the father of same-day edits. Mm-hmm. So at the time, like, I tried to copy his... Stylist in a, in a, in a way, but at the same time, I was kind of figure out what what kind of narrative style was going for, right? Or should I go narrative, or go go a different direction? So yeah, I would say Jason McaBuena for for movies. I was like, I know I grew up watching movies a lot, like on on VCR. Uh, I didn't have any particular favorites at the time. But the thing I think that sparked my my interest in like making movies was the first Spider Man film. Just to like cinematography wise mm-hmm. and story wise. Yeah.
2: Interesting. I'm trying to remember when VCRs were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had
3: VCRs when I was a kid, yeah. 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 It was like
0: nineties, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Very, very And we had like Blockbuster kind of thing.
1: yeah they they did did blockbuster-esque kind of like vcr things yeah Yeah. Uh,
0: but when i got here it was over dvd i don't remember if they had they probably had a little bit
3: what year did you get here oh four okay okay
1: yeah yeah i don't remember we we used
0: to rent like dvds before
1: yeah i don't remember renting any any like vcr there yeah tapes but vhs yeah yeah Yeah.
2: yeah Right, because VCR is the unit VHS. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. VHS yeah. <laughs> is the actual cassette know, like It's still, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the yeah. yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, because we didn't bring any of our VHS tapes like over when, when we got here. That was all... We were already doing DVD, I think, back mm-hmm. home. So. But that was that's a, so retro. A, that, was a, that was a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Inspired by VHS tapes.
2: <laughs> Inspirations.
3: Um, hmm, I think it's very like industry specific. Um, like I have very specific people that inspire me, different from photo and video. Mm-hmm. Um, and like some are like more like wedding videographers compared to like obviously travel and commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my personal like for the travel type of um, feel, I think Sam Calder is definitely one of my biggest inspirations. Uh, it was kind of cool to get to meet him this year. Um, also, Matt Como. Uh, Matt Como is sort of similar style, but a lot more intense, a lot more energy, um, Peter McKinnon, the great videographer, <laughs> um, great storyteller, to be honest. Um, and who else? Yeah, Mike visuals, but yeah, for that's for of video. Uh,
1: for video, yeah, I would say Peter McKinnon's a big one, just obviously based on any other thing that I put out, it's like, oh, there's a very strong influence um, watching The Matrix probably like around ten times helps <laughs> with. I'm pretty sure that's why we started picking up uh, and making short like uh, home movies back then was because mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I want it. that looks so cool. I want yeah, to try yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I want to punch my buddy in the face, but like, <laughs> but like, not really. And kind of see how that looks on camera. Um, so those sorts of movies. Like, I never really got into shooting actual fight scenes, but those sort of cinematics really inspire me things like weddings like wedding videos uh white and reverie is like a big one nice super good um it's very like trendy now to kind of look that way yeah um so i really like that daryl's approaching it like in a more narrative (laughs) sort of storyline which is really cool um and who else yeah i would say those are like my big influences
2: interesting okay so you all listed video people what about influences that aren't video related
3: so my favorite photographers is alan palander love the guy he's really creative who else Emmett Emmett sparling great travel photographer as well how about you Nero?
0: um i would have to say i got into portraits because of uh, annie Leibovitz
2: yes mm. yeah mm. okay and uh, at the Which time too like when
0: i when i first got my camera i'm like oh you know what i'm gonna try everything like shoot cars mm. stuff like that uh landscape mm-hmm. was a huge huge thing on it shoot, shooting on a 50 as well too and but then like I a uh, a friend who's already um taking uh, portraits at the time uh, recommended me this book called fast track photographer he said that when you read that you kind of find your own style and it sort of leads you to that direction. So I did and
1: that's how I got into um, serious portraits.
2: Interesting.
1: Is that a book? I should look into this. Yeah. That sounds really yeah. cool.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: For me, like inspirations <laughs> outside of creative, Gary Vaynerchuk. Nice. Mm. Yes. Yes. Great. Right. Just like go do something, like just mm. go make stuff which really resonates, you know, just make something for yourself. There is it that Mark Manson book, Art of not, not Giving a Fuck, which yeah. <laughs> really is just <laughs> like, <laughs> sort of like, really just like um, any of those books that sort of make you think about how you see the world and how you handle certain perspectives of other people really put me in gear of like, oh, like, what does it matter if this sucks right now kind of thing, which is why I picked up the camera to do photography. It's, you know, just see how I'm growing in the next three months while I'm out in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. um yeah because i remember shooting landscapes with a 50 and like yeah. without really any thought of what's going on behind like yeah. like composition or like colors it was just go out there have fun and if you like it then you're starting to start to want to get better at it mm-hmm. so i would say those are my biggest inspirations to do video as well because that's what it led me to creative
3: yeah i would I just thinking i would, got a little bit of time to think about it i think <laughs> and it's kind of sad now but Kobe Bryant, I think was a good inspiration, RIP to him. Um, and it's unfortunate because I wasn't a big fan. I didn't really watch basketball while he was an athlete. I found out more about him afterwards, mainly like I researched him once he went on the podcast with Jay Shetty and Jay Shetty is also a huge inspiration of mine. I love his podcast and the way he, he breaks down things and analyzes things. Um, but yeah, just the way that. You can tell he's gone through so many times so many difficult things and he's gotten able to like analyze everything strategically it's just it's like goals in terms of having that mamba mentality so Mm -hmm. yeah we uh we lost a good one we lost a good person the other day
2: yeah that's sad okay what is the difference between shooting for youtube or shooting for short films because i know you guys do different things. And I've seen your vlogs versus your travel things. Oh my God. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For me, I'm very goal oriented. Like I know I uh, I started with YouTube just to like get my work out there. I didn't really care a thing. But now what I try to make with my crew is that it's always going to be towards the big screen. I think that's like the ultimate goal for me, and yes, it's I'm sort of in there right now. Uh, YouTube-wise, I'm I'm still I'm still in there. I'm still on the on that grind. Um, actually, uh, I'm writing a series right now. It's just a four four episode web series, and that's gonna go to YouTube. But also, I plan to have that shown on a, on a big screen as well, if possible. Cool. How
1: yeah. big is the screen? Uh, um i guess like if you're like just not to not to res but like you know genuinely if you're shooting for the big screen you do have to think about the logistics of that right obviously if you're just filming for youtube then it's a little less um
2: it's a different audience right
1: yeah it's a very different audience um and it's crazy because you can find like very high quality like short film feature yeah. film yeah. uh level like work on youtube so there, it is, is a platform that can support that but yes. it is a diff you're know, like you're going into it with a different uh, mentality for the most part your general audience is going to go on youtube think like oh you know something fun something casual something to consume that's not always going to be thought provoking which is fine mm-hmm. but when you're shooting i mean when i'm shooting for youtube it's There's a lot less of all this has to be like super perfect and like planned out and, um, pristine really. And I will say like, I do get close to that kind of like, oh, I want, I want to make sure this is super good. But when you get to like, okay, it's upload time, you gotta just shrug it off and be like, well, it's very fast paced. Like you always make the next video. So it's not that big of a deal to not have it as perfect as you want to, which is really good to get over like a perfectionism kind of like a negative perfectionism Mm -hmm. where you're not putting anything out because nothing's good enough for you to share that's me (laughs) i'm I'm not looking at you i'm just i'm just looking at you because we're having a conversation that's a very good point
0: i think going for both it sets you on a different direction like Mm -hmm. whereas for youtube yes you can make money off of it but also it's very content driven compared to like working on an actual short
1: film or a movie you know right so mm-hmm. yeah there's that yeah exactly right like you want to be producing a lot um mm-hmm. where if you're making a short film you've got this idea you want to produce it as the as best as you can and make sure that the end product like because you might not get another chance right yeah. like for for instance if you just have budget for one versus like that budget for one might be able to help you make like 10 youtube videos Because Mm. it's a lot more focused on like fast and more content. Not to say that the quality, you know, is reduced. It's just, yeah, I would, I would look at then the short film is like, you get one shot at this, right?
3: Yeah. I don't know. I would say, I mean, depending on your lifestyle, people can relate to this or not, but I feel like YouTube is more like your everyday meal every day. You're just gonna, you know, you're going to cut up maybe some fries. If you want to, you're gonna, you know, cut up some cereal, nothing perfect, just rough together just to get you through the day. But maybe once a month or once every three months, you're gonna go to a fine dining and spend a lot of money. And like, that's the meal that you're going for, but it's super high quality and it's like the one time you're getting it. So I feel like that's more like the mentality. I like the fact that you say like, you're aiming for the big screen. Cause I think that's one thing that I didn't really do when I was shooting the last short film I did, um, was like, think a different audience. I was still thinking YouTube when I was producing it, but yeah, it's definitely a different ball game because like, Like, if you're shooting a a bigger short film, you're going to have a crew on set and everything. So it's just more variables to think about.
2: Interesting. It's hard for me to relate to all these things because I'm not a videographer and I've put out two videos which have only been on YouTube and they suck. So (laughs) it's a learning process. Are
3: we allowed to ask questions? Yeah. What have you found difficult about making videos compared transitioning from photography?
2: Um, Well, other than what I said earlier, which is like everything for photography is in one frame. Mm -hmm. It's very strange for my brain to think in this linear fluid sort of video way. Because I'm a graphic designer too, which is also everything is in one frame. right? Or it's a system of things versus a sequence, you know? Right. So Mm -hmm. that would be very difficult. The other thing is my hands are super (laughs) shaky. And so every time I try to like pan, it's kind of crooked and twists and it bothers me so much <laughs> yeah that and um you mentioned this in my other video that my pacing sucks yeah yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I <was> like, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's just because you're taking everything in. You're not you're looking at it like that's the whole big picture compared to like focusing on how do you specific not think, whoa, stuff. I
2: hit the mic. Um how do you not think of it that way though? Because video is in yeah, like a very yeah. like
3: you said the three D dimensional world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah definitely like when you when you first pick up a video camera and you're like, all right, I gotta make something, and you have this story in mind that you want to make. Mm-hmm. It's like oh shit, not to think about like the actual settings, but then I have to think about okay, where is this person coming into the frame, and then like what about that thing that's in the background, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to do it, like one at a time it's like hey let me figure out how people are coming in because then you'll see it it's like so glaringly obvious that there's something in the background that needs to go away mm-hmm. and then now you're like when can i actually start shooting something <laughs> once mm. you've like finished that like the dang set and then you, you shoot it it's like i have to shoot the next set because mm. this isn't complete so it's a lot of that continuous thing and it's very hard to <laughs> to kind of break down but like i think given over time yeah. Um, those come more naturally and you you can look at your first scene and be like, okay, this is all Like you you yeah, like it, it becomes more instant to kind of set it up. Yeah, and then you can start focusing on the little things that um, are very So like transitions, Like you don't yeah. have to think about those things when you're yeah. shooting the actual right like content, right? so I would look at it that way, I guess. If you want to try and break down, you're gonna to have to eat the whole like big plate first before you.
2: It's so overwhelming.
3: I feel like coming, like when you're starting a video and you're coming from photography, it's like, what do I shoot? Cause like when you're in photo mode, you're like, okay, like you said, everything fits in a frame. So you can kind of like pick what you want to shoot and then think of which angle you want to go at. And then from that point on, like you kind of lock in to a zone. Adding in foreground elements, blah blah blah. But video, it's like, like if you're in a forest, what do I shoot? Like you're just looking around, and what do I shoot? Like what angle? Like how close do I get? Like it's everything, cause there's no, there's no bounded, there's no stopping and going. It's like anything can go.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. it's it's all the elements, right? Versus like in your for photography, it's like you have a subject and you have things in the for in the background, Uh, things maybe in front. But then when you're doing video, it's like. You have a story obviously which you have we share with photography but then everything that is in the foreground will eventually be in the background and everything in the background will be in the mm. foreground <laughs>
2: my eyes are just sliding <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's true right
1: um yeah and that's hard like mm. for somebody to transition from well that's one
2: way like things. the first video i did was like following you around basically and it sucked because like i'm not really a portraits person so the second one was of food things and the third one which we shot today is also food things because like i'm a food photographer mm-hmm. so it makes much more sense to me the linearity of the story yeah. and that kind of thing so maybe it helps mm-hmm. right <laughs> but i start with something more familiar mm-hmm. which i think is also your suggestion so, yeah. see i
0: think that's going to help you yeah. since you you are uh, food photography to food, food photography you can start thinking into that how you prepare uh the table and everything yeah. all your mm-hmm. ingredients. Mm-hmm. you can start yeah. thinking about that like sequencing wise and i think that's how you're gonna train your mind how to how you see things because when i when i was just learning about videography the first thing i looked looked into was compositions right. and then now that every time or compositions the types of shots framing like uh, medium close-up and all that kind of stuff so that when i watch a movie I can actually apply it like okay, this one's a cowboy medium, this one's a push in, this one's um, um, just a dolly, dolly to the left, dolly to the right, that kind of thing. So every anything that you do or try to study really
1: helps you.
2: So is mm-hmm. it like um, like observing something and deconstructing how yeah. it's built? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's why that's I always say, like,
1: work it your way backwards,
3: right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess you do say that. Yeah. And another thing I would just say <laughs> is that... Like, I think finally clicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, I
3: would say, like, just pick one element. Like, when mm-hmm. you look at too many things, like, I did that when I was producing music, I would say, okay, like, I'm going to learn how to do one thing and try to make something around that one thing only. Right. Um, so, like, for example, portraits. Like, you, you have to nail one thing. Okay, I want to nail composition today or I want to nail just storytelling, or I want to nail the, the timeline of the video. So as right. he was mentioning, like putting the cloth on a table, you know, bringing the, the sheets, making sure that you have all the elements. And then you release that video, looks like crap. And then you look, okay, how can I make that better? Right? Exactly. I think it's taking one element at a time, not being like, okay, let's ruin composition, lighting, uh, you know, everything, storytelling, uh, models. Yeah. And then you're just like, there's nothing yeah. I can do.
2: That's mm-hmm. why it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: because you probably have those concepts in your head from photography? Probably. It's just you know them so well that you can work on more than one thing at once and your brain automatically like shows you okay this is wrong so, and you don't even know why it's wrong, you just know it's wrong because that's not the way you want it.
2: I've actually found the editing process to be super frustrating because I can see how it sucks. Right. As I put it together but it's like okay I have to put it together yeah, because yeah. it's part of the learning <laughs> process. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and to be honest i think that's why like 50 percent of my videos never make it to service it's just because you sit back down and you're like this i'm missing half the footage i need like this is just mm-hmm. not even worth it yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> how do you go about thinking about telling a story with video um i think that's truly the hardest thing for my brain to wrap around with video is yeah. how on earth because <laughs> photos are so atmospheric mm-hmm. graphic design is about strategy mm-hmm. or marketing or that kind of thing video Blows my mind.
3: I think the easiest way I found to deconstruct that and like to be able to apply that, because you would see videos, like really good videos on YouTube, and be like, how are they, like, why is this so good? Why is this such a good video? I think I wasn't able to deconstruct that because there's just too much going on. I think when I would watch episodes like Suits, Suits is one of my favorite, and they aren't the greatest, but for me, cinematic wise, they're, they're like my biggest inspiration in terms of like composition storytelling. But like stuff like you'll notice before every scene, there's always an establishing shot. And that's like a panning of the office and then people coming in, right? And you can, you can feel the sounds coming in, you can hear the, the vibration, the anger, you can feel like the different energy of the scene. And then like showing the elements, like, like Juan was mentioning that too. And you were mentioning that too, but like emulating that and watching how they break down the scene. So they'll show like like a handle being grabbed, but then why is that handle being grabbed? Is that because it's instrumental to the story or is it too much, you know? Like oftentimes, like there was this part where I was just like, we would, I would shoot every, everything from seven different angles and then just chop it up together and put it together. But then is it really adding to the story? You have to see like, what's the angle, what's the beginning and the end and kind of deconstructing it from there
1: yeah like I like mm-hmm. the idea of working your way backwards mm-hmm. from whatever it is you're trying to tell. This is a coffee shop where this is um, this person's like birthday or whatever. Work your way backwards from the perspective of somebody that's in there. To me, I like throwing in the little details that um, I was like, oh, that's that's what's special about this coffee shop. And every time I finish the like shooting, I have to think like, if I play all of those clips like sequentially even, can I get a f- idea that this is a coffee shop? If I say no, like that's weird. Like I, if it's ambiguous, then I'm not, I'm not shooting enough or I'm not shooting the right things. If, if I nail it, like, yeah, like, and this is not just a coffee shop. This is that coffee shop because I also put in the personality of that place. Then you've told the story. Well, I think,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: See, my thought process always goes back to the drawing board. So Let's say, uh, I want to look at the whole picture as this is my story. Now, how do I break it down? And I, I told you this on our post- first podcast that it always starts with the uh, with the basic of the five story arc. So you got the the introduction, you got the rising action, and then you get the climax, and then the falling action, and then you get the resolution. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I always base most of my films, and I'm not. I'm not into, um, like all our styles are different. So I don't know how you guys, how you guys do yours, like say your, your travel videos. So again, like how are you gonna put climax on that, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's stuff like that, it's, it's, very, it's, it's different with uh, every artist. But for, for me, it always go, goes back to that dooring board, like what's, how do I introduce this film? What's my rising action? What's the highest point of the film?
3: Yeah, I think, like, doing the short film, one of the reasons why I got into short films was I wanted to be able to apply a more structured storytelling to, like, the travel or even, like, the corporate or promotional videos that I was making. Like, I made my video in Japan and, like, it was great, it was awesome, but it was just literally just spamming B-roll the whole time. Just crazy B-roll but had no story to it, so, like, when I had to plan out and plot out a story, you have to apply kind of like that what they're all saying, the five arc or the the three arc sometimes or um, even just like I know when you're writing papers you had to like introduction, then problem, and then all of a sudden there's the resolution, mini resolution, major problem and then resolution kind of deal.
2: So That's, do you guys actually write that out? Yeah,
3: yeah I mean yeah, um, yeah. you have to pre plan everything.
2: Okay. Yeah like the like even
3: if
1: it's just a mental the yeah. image in your head or anything like that mm-hmm. some sort of a mental structure of yeah. this is how it's going to start this is how it's going to pick up yeah and then like the big thing and then like this is how we're going to wind it down
2: right i have a question mm-hmm. so you said that you work with a crew and mm-hmm. i know you've worked with models and such how do you if you have an idea and you haven't written it down or it's a mental image how do you convey that to the people you're working with effectively
1: Effectively, yeah. Yeah, effectively yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, She has to throw that one. will yeah, pass on this question. <laughs> uh,
0: we have something called blocking, so I would just go through the action with uh, whoever's going to be in front of the camera. So I, I, uh, I go through it with them and with the crew as well, so that once, let's say, this guy's going to be walking through here, he's going to sit down, turn on the TV, and then now we're going to have to plan how we're going to light this the whole scene, how we're gonna plan where it's gonna the camera is going to be, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it's nothing needs to be in writing per se. Yeah. But as long as you have that mental image in the head that mm-hmm. how you wanna shoot it, that's you're
1: solid.
2: And you find that people get it? Yeah. It's obvious.
1: it's one of those things where like you have to tell them like the actions that they gotta take mm-hmm. and say well for me, my approach when we did that short film here is like okay, you are going to grab your tea and then just sit down on the couch and I want you to think about, like, the big event that's going to happen. Don't worry about, like, where I'm going to be standing. Obviously, I'll tell you, I'm going to be over there. Don't don't look at the camera. Okay. Like, just act as if, you know, you're. I'm not there. Yeah, like, I'm just giving them what they need to know, which is... The actions that they have to take. If they're more involved, they'll want to know like the character's backstory because they're good actors and they really want to convey it like yeah. as best as they can. Then that's when you get a little more elaborate and say, "This is the plot." Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just like, "Hey, can I get you to run forward or follow me or like cross the scene?" Like when we were doing the the shoot here, I was just like, well, "Get me to walk across the scene instead," because mm-hmm. and that's all I need to know because you have the rest of it in your head, but I only need to really do the one action. Mm-hmm. It keeps things simple for them, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and that's that's the thing with the screenplay, sorry. Oh. Yes, you write,
0: you write the uh, story, you write the dialogues, but for me, it only acts as, uh, as a guideline for former actors. Like, you don't have to follow it, you have to say it from beginning till end. You can do your stuff, you can... Uh, you experiment with it, but just take it as a guideline. Basically, this is what I want to happen, and I'm not a director. I'm just uh, actually just started writing because to to practice uh, the director. I'm a camera <laughs> uh, operator, but knowing how you uh, knowing what you want out of that film is very important, and I think that's that's one way you can actually. Convey be your story.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I think
3: it also has to do with context of what type of video you're shooting, obviously. Like, just to give a little bit of an example, like when we were shooting in the Human Rights Museum, you thought my direction was super effective. But...
2: You're very organized when you shoot. Then again,
3: <laughs> I think it comes down to vision. Like, one of my personal skills, I think, is really envisioning something. And you can, if you can see it in your head, um, Daryl and Justin, they storyboard while I just shot list. Because I can see the pictures in my head. I don't need to visually write them down. Probably would be better to storyboard for the rest of the crew, but like I can see it in my head. And then that way I can convey it nicely with my crew or whoever I'm working with. Um, so I think that's big like a big factor is being able to envision it yourself. Just to touch on one of the points you said, like character development, obviously, if you're just shooting like a, like a random scene or a YouTube video, you don't necessarily need to develop your character. But that's when like really good actors come in play. In that case, I would say it's almost impossible to not have any like backstory planned or unless like the actor is awesome. You're like, hey, you're like, and you break down their life story in 10 seconds? You're like, hey, go. And yeah. then they can flawlessly execute. <laughs> I think it's kind of hard to in that situation to kind of, you know, get, yeah. a, get a good scene going. But
1: yeah, like if you're going to be making a short film, generally, you'll have something a little bit more yeah. pre-planned. Um, even if it's just like a concept and you've told your acts like, this is the idea. And if, and also it comes down to knowing who your crew is, right? Like figuring out what for them makes sense in terms of direction. Um, somebody might be more comfortable if you just tell them like, just do this. Um, another person would be maybe more understanding if you gave them like an idea of who their character they're playing or.
2: I find that with models for photography, like if you. Mm -hmm. If you give them a photo or if you do it yourself, yeah. like the posing, exactly. they'll get it. Whereas if you say, can you put your hand on your shoulder, they're like, huh? what does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it, it ultimately depends on who you're working with, I yeah. think. And yeah. being able to have that conversation, understand how they, un- they kind of see your d- instructions and your direction. Yeah, makes sense because you wouldn't give the same directions to it every different model, mm-hmm. right? You'd figure out like, oh, you're this kind of model. So you'll, you'll be able to give them analogies that make more sense to them or like just show them a dang picture.
2: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Or somebody might just want to see a storyboard.
2: Yes. Or mood boards. Do you mood board for videography? I don't. No.
3: Uh, no, I've envisioned board before, but not mood board. Interesting. Like, I've seen mood boards for like yeah. companies and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So. Yeah. Like I feel like for like a project, like mm-hmm. a, like if you were to move or like a little bit like a, I find like I was telling you the director's treatment, Yeah. I right. feel like that's like kind of the equivalent for film of mm-hmm. a mood board is like the treatment is to give you, it's kind of a breakdown of a visual breakdown of the scenes and the, the feel mm-hmm. or I guess the mood of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, an actual mood board I feel is more like. I don't know it sounds like corporate and sounds like a little bit more like I don't know From it's my a graphic design thing yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah I did a short film once it was a 20, 20 minute short film and this guy had like I don't know like a whole wall of just like mood yeah. board and it was mostly David uh, David Fincher so like Fight Club yeah, and all yeah, yeah, that
1: kind oh, of yeah. stuff like okay I kind of see what you're going for yeah. man Fight Club was a sick movie I'd add that to my inspiration list anyway
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, when it comes to branded content for clients, how do you go about strategizing your video because I know you all have distinct styles, yeah. so if it's for someone else's brand, how do you go about it?
0: I talk with my clients like, how do you want this video done? what um is specific style that you're looking for, or do you like my style? do you want me to create a whole a whole new look for you, something like that like it again, it really depends on on you as the creative and what your client wants. Because if you're freelancing, it's all about you, right? This is my style, this is what I want to do. With clients, it's very different. So you have to think about that and kind of look at the direction you want to go for and the direction that your client's going for.
2: That makes sense. Okay. There is a, um, there is an artist that was, I really loved when I was in art school called Marina Abramovich, and she highly advocated for people to stick to their own style, and this was her concept. And So you tell me if you agree or you don't agree. If you have an idea, and in the purity of the idea, it has a specific visual, do you deter from that visual or do you stick with it?
1: I mean, I'm a stubborn person, right? Um, if <laughs> oh, I have, yeah. If I have an idea... <laughs> um you know execute on it like there there are rule sets in my mind that say like if if i give this up then i didn't really make it you know mm. like i did not really execute the idea it's just like now a watered down version of it to fit some sort of thing whether that thing was just so it doesn't suck
2: i find that it's very much a fine arts mentality and which makes sense because she is a fine artist um to say that this is the idea and this is the expression of the idea and it has to stay that way. Yeah. Whereas more of the applied creative branches, so like photography, videography, um, not so much. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're working on a team, because now you're not just talking about your own brain.
3: I think it depends also on like so many variables, like at what point in the project are you in? What kind of project is it? Like, I would say, like for example, when I was doing a short film, Daryl would agree that I was very stubborn onto what I wanted for my idea. Like I wanted to keep that reason being is that for me, it's like, you have to allow certain parameters to move, but certain other ones you can't. Cause then too much is moving. And then like you said, it gets, becomes watered down. It's no longer your project. It's no longer a project. It's accumulation of random ideas that got thrown together. So I would say like, do you stick to it or not? Depending on what it is. I feel like if you take too much input from two other, too many other people, It's no longer your piece of art. Like yes and no are debatable, but I would say like, if you're just taking input as you're making it, you're not making it right. But if you took input before and then you're like, okay, this is how I want to do it and you execute on that, this is yours, but you took input from other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah? I was going to add on to that because like right now we're, we're preparing for a short film and what we're doing is we're making something called previous. So we're taking it from the shot list that we made per all the fight scenes that we have now we're turning it into video it's not like the actual fight scene that we're gonna film on the actual location and everything It's it could be like right in the studio right at the gym and it's just the shot that we initially had in writing now we're just putting it in the video form so that once we're out there filming the actual thing this helps us visualize what we need and what we need what we want but the other thing too is that like Vince said, it also depends on where you are with the project. So let's say we're still filming it at the rehearsal. That's where kind of everyone's thoughts can can come into play. Like, oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's add this. But you're, once you're actually on the day of filming, you lose a lot of time trying to edit, trying to um, merge or put everything on that day, same day. So it's we have to stick with what you already have once you're already making it, like, on that same
3: day. I'm not giving a consistent answer (laughs) (laughs) here. Okay. No, 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 not you. Like, in general, like, it's, like, it varies so much to, to like, Mm -hmm. what you are. Because I feel like fine artists, it's, like, when you've reached that level that you are so good, Mm -hmm. you don't really want anyone else to influence your, your work. Like, you don't want anything else. But even those artists will take inspiration from certain things. But when they're writing, I feel like there's no, it's, like, blocked out from writing all the way to post-production there can be so many little inputs onto a short film especially people mm-hmm. can be like oh you should add this shot or like you know like daryl be like oh why don't you try this ankle instead mm-hmm. oh yeah that works you know yeah i don't know i just think that like it really depends on what kind of project what stage of career you're in what stage in the project you're in and what you want out of it because if you don't like ship it and then learn from it then you took so much input you don't know
2: what input you took during
3: the way
0: Yeah, Yeah, it really really depends on the project, I would say.
2: I think the intention is different too, because for art, it's meant to be expressive, it's meant to be something that you look at, versus a product for someone, Mm -hmm. or like a creation for consumption, that kind of thing. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think of like, from all the other guests that were illustrators, uh, like uh, Jackie Drushka was the biggest one that said, like, a lot of the artists that went through Sheridan, like for their final project, they get so much feedback from their professors. Like, Yo, you should, you should do this, like maybe try it, but this way. And she's one of the people that said, no, nah, fuck it. I gonna just do it this way. She's like, you know, <laughs> take, take good feet, take feedback from you listen. And then just don't do it because you were so confident and committed to your vision and it may, it might suck. It might not be to that person's vision, but it also might be freaking dope
2: yeah i had a teacher and for graphics and i was shooting for an editorial magazine and i was doing the fashion editing and so basically i w- was told and i was docked marks because i didn't remove all like the, the freckles yeah. not yeah. even blemishes freckles which okay. are part of their face and i was told that i had to or i would get docked marks and i just didn't feel like it made sense to remove someone's actual facial Mm -hmm. features under the name of this is what fashion is Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah at the end of the day like can you still say after taking in enough feedback that that was your project or that was your idea i think that might be a good gauge on whether you should or shouldn't
2: right
3: that's a huge debate
2: yeah (laughs) it totally depends because i i don't want to remove People's actual facial features, blemishes, I'll remove them because usually they don't want them there anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. When you're in your learning phase, I feel like if
3: you don't take input, mm-hmm. then you're not going to grow as an
2: artist. Absolutely. But
3: if you take too much input, then it's never going to become art. Like you're not going to be able to focus on one thing. It's just overwhelming. So.
2: Well, and then you also don't learn how to discern whether something's good or not yeah. good. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. yeah
3: and but like the real big artists like they did stuff like you mentioned they said fuck it and like this is me and this is it but i feel like they sometimes you they studied stuff like they studied the shapes like there's like composition beyond what we just know like rule of thirds and basic stuff like they they have the studies and like you can't even pinpoint why that image is good they just know it's good Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's such a different like open Mm -hmm. concept but
0: yeah. yeah, I think a good way to like look look into it is that if you're like a painter and you started doing it already, you're not going to change your mind and do something else, right? You have to finish what you, mm-hmm. what you envision. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is that I don't know what kind of style this is but it's the, the one where you take a pen and then you don't stop taking your one line yeah one line lines. drawings so, that, Those are so hard that's something like that right you have to you just commit commit just send it just send it just commit I like that
2: interesting I find that's it so interesting. interesting to compare different types of creative because there's a lot of overlap but not a lot yeah. of people do more than one thing mm-hmm. you know that's true yeah. which is why I say that all photographers should learn to draw and I will keep saying that forever because I believe it <laughs> i crying, man. That was hard, Okay, this is actually a quote from a book that I read this year called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And I want oh, to know nice. your thoughts. There are only two ways to influence mm. human behavior. You can manipulate it or you can inspire it.
3: I think that kind I of agree. touches on what we were just talking about.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree with that. To, to a certain extent, though. So right. Like I said, you can influence me, you can help me decide or help me with my current project. But once I'm, once it's done, it's done, it's that, that sort of thing. So I, I can apply it to the next one, right. but yeah.
3: I would say, yeah, that's a personal choice as the creator or as the influencer, like the person producing the work, because like if you're creating work to manipulate people or you can create work to inspire people. But you can also let other people's work manipulate yours or you can let it inspire you.
2: I don't know if that answers your question. It does, but it also raises questions.
0: (laughs) It also depends too, right? If you're working for uh, yourself or working with a client, Mm. that's also different. Right. Because there's, there's multiple factors to consider.
2: So in terms of video with that concept, do you build or do you create video with the intention to inspire people? Is that what short films are for or is it in some way just an expression that you're pushing out there? I don't know if that's a good way to put it, do you get know what I'm saying?
0: Well, definitely to inspire people because yeah. most of the stuff we see here is like just going for YouTube. We need more people who push us for, I like the big screen, film festivals and stuff like that. Like, you know, try something bigger, not just stick to YouTube because mm. there's a lot of talented people here. And that's what we want to do just like keep inspiring people.
3: I would argue that I think that the project in itself of a film, like this story is to maybe inspire, but I think that when you're framing shots and you're framing scenes, you're manipulating the person watching to feel a certain emotion, like the music, all the scenes, all the transitions, Mm -hmm. everything coming together is to manipulate the audience into feeling well, manipulate in a sense, make them feel that. Or like composition is to manipulate the eyes into going into a certain direction. Um, so I would kind of be the devil's advocate on that, just because that's the way I feel. So I feel are you about
2: manipulating it. to inspire people?
3: No, I mean you're manipulating the intention that you want people to receive.
0: I don't think it's um, manipulating. I it's I mean it's just it's your direct directive, right? That's what uh, what you're going for. Is it yeah. like a perspective
2: so, thing? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's like. How would you kind
3: of...
2: Like guiding I mean, for like, yeah,
1: yeah, like it would be like more guiding somebody <laughs> to view yeah. it without, you know, like ambiguity, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like you have these leading lines so that your eyes go that way. Right. Exactly. And you've intentionally shot it that way so that their eyes hmm. go that way. The emotions that they feel are in line with the music that you're using and the motions that you're putting in there. I think um, that wouldn't really be manipulating as it is just... You're directing, their, it's pretty much their, their yeah. you're directing their attention. You're directing their attention.
3: But I will also say, like, when you look at commercials, that's, you're not inspiring them to become an athlete. You're inspiring them to buy that Apple watch. <laughs> 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 but like, literally, like they're, they're manipulating, like they're directing the eyes and doing all this thing. But the project isn't necessarily like it is, they'll say like to inspire, like they've got big athletes sponsored and stuff like that and stories. But it's, to in the end to get a sale
2: okay interesting photography this is another fine arts thing photography was known as the death of painting is video the death of photography
1: this is a sick question wow. I pondered about it a lot Ooh. and I'll I let see. you guys think, you think of it do think
2: they serve different
3: purposes right like you can't print a video onto your wall <laughs> You. I mean True. you could get a TV and you know but it, it, I think it serves a different purpose like I don't know, when you're selling video and photo packages, it's like, which one you get? Mm. Both, because they're very different. They're very, it's a different way of consuming it. Right. Um, So I would say, I would argue no. It's not the death of photo.
0: I think for me it is because I've done one where a client asked me like, oh, can you you give us screenshots of uh, a specific stuff? Just because we didn't like our photos. And I've done that, so
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you told me that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So,
0: and also, like, a just lot of people, they would just, instead of um, buying the art, they would just take a picture and then print that or, you know, make copies of it mm. and stuff like that. So I, I think
1: it is, in a way. It's hard for me to say, because the idea of, like, going into a museum and seeing the painting, um, impressionist paintings, Would arguably be very much like street photography.
2: Actually, there's an overlap. So, impressionism was like in the 19s ish and you would start to see like degas the painter he would cut off limbs in paintings which is a photography thing Mm -hmm. like you would never see that in any of the renaissance paintings it's the whole body figure you wouldn't cut any limbs off they wouldn't be near the edge of the frame Mm. but once you start hitting the impressionist era you start seeing that and it's this weird photography sort of framing which is yeah why i assume you're making that right
1: and i'm putting it together as like it evokes different things Mm -hmm. i think um there's something about those paintings that you can feel a little bit more of that care, a little bit more of a different perspective into what might just be another portrait. You could take a photo of a cup of coffee and take a video of a cup of coffee. And those are different perspectives to the same subject, I think.
3: I would also ah. yeah, I would also say like I like you personally I like to sit and look at a picture. Like even when I'm scrubbing through the video, sometimes I'll be like, Okay, hey, stop and I'm just admiring that shot. Mm. You can't do that with video i mean you can stop it in video but it just serves a completely different purpose mm-hmm. i think that like to correlate it to music edm is almost like the death of like any instrument because <laughs> no one wants to learn to play the guitar in the band because that right. interaction is very difficult nowadays we're all very you know but fine a very good guitarist will never I feel will never go away like yeah. everyone oh, can yeah. appreciate that for what it is so the mm-hmm. yeah. same way with like a painting like one mm-hmm. was mentioning in video and photo like it's yeah different yeah right I'm and also
1: exactly like with the level of skill once you yeah. get to a certain ceiling it's like no yeah. like this this is different you know like i would much rather see the video or the photo because mm-hmm. the photo is way better than the video or vice versa right i mean until you were all shooting 8k and daryl's just Snapshotting, screenshotting, screen. screenshotting every, every little you know, like, clip. Work, yeah, although <Yeah. laughs> yeah. all, all the wedding <laughs> photographers is gone because just taking over it 8K camera. Okay. Yeah. It's
3: like shoot everything. You never know. <laughs> it's it's like, it's right. Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: What does video lack versus provide? So I had an art professor who said something that stuck with me for a very long time, and it's. Um, what does this medium do that nothing else can? So what can video do that nothing else can?
0: It adds to the emotion. Mm-hmm. Like video, you see the motion happening and then you start adding music. Now it adds to it like what am I supposed to feel? Is it a, is it happy? Am I happy? Am I sad? Is it supposed to make me sad? So I think that's one of the things that video have that nothing else does. Yeah,
2: it's very layered. Has a lot of potential in the layers. Mm-hmm. You're not. struggling. I mean, that's <laughs> an impossible question <laughs> no, because when you think
3: about the correlation of even just the four like painting, drawing, digital art, music, photo, and video, there's always an overlap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to say, oh, videos convey emotions, so does music, and so does mm-hmm. photos. Right. M- like videos have a timeline of a story, so does music. Mm-hmm. Right. A impossible question I don't know I wouldn't be able to answer that what do you think Juan?
1: I guess yeah now that you throw on because I was thinking like oh like timeline like that's a really cool yeah. concept of like conveying time in a very like yeah. Memento is one of my favorite movies Yeah, like that movie makes me you think in a very different sequence of events whereas for the most part any sort of moving media like sequentially you go from start to finish mm-hmm. this movie was made so that like whatever you go watch it
3: oh i see what you
1: look mean. at it yeah. start backwards and i was yeah, like yeah. dang like this is the best movie i've ever watched cuz it like well, not like the best but it's a really good movie mm-hmm. cuz you really had to think in a way that you normally wouldn't
3: no i see what you mean like you know, when you start a like film can, with the ending yeah, you can't really do that with, like, music. Yeah, that's right true. Like, I yeah. think
1: that would be it, is, like, you can skew time.
2: Yeah. yeah. that's true. That's a good one. Interesting. So do you make sure that you use those things when you make video? All right, we're all starting our videos from the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, right? I'm just going to show like, <laughs> Yeah,
3: everything's going to be backwards. <laughs> but, but I think
1: that's it, right? Is That's the, a very different way of conveying emotion in some sort of story yes, a storytelling in a way that is not sequential mm-hmm. right because each photo can be looked at individually and there's no real timeline
2: mm.
1: a video has a beginning to end but you might start to use that as a way to look <laughs> at the end first and then have somebody develop like how did you get to this conclusion and yeah.
3: yeah, I think that developing of that timeline is something that n- nothing nothing can be shown in any other medium. Like yeah. you can't really develop that timeline within a song or a photo. Like a photo, arguably you could probably give a timeline in a sense of like, oh, okay, it's a married couple on top of a rock. You know, like you understand that they've been... Or like sense know, of time, like it's yeah. evening, it's morning. Yeah, like exactly. Saturday. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But like video, you can really develop that yeah. more than anything else. Interesting. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes That's sense. That's a good point though when you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So on the reverse, what does video lack?
1: That's the best medium ever. That's why we're all videographers.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it depends on the, the person. Like for me, um, I feel very I tend to go towards my style more even when I want to like explore other different styles, like I want to try Vince style, but I could never do that. So yeah, I think it really depends on the,
1: on the person.
2: So it's based on the person's style. Yeah. Okay. Or like
1: limitations in a way. Ah, oh, I
2: mm-hmm. see. I see.
1: Like maybe even just like conceptual limitations, like, mm-hmm. oh, this, I don't know how to shoot travel. This doesn't make any sense to me, <laughs> right? Like it's like generally. Or like vlogging. Yeah, yeah. Like generally some style, some styles of video just doesn't seem to click with me. It's like, how, how do you do this kind of thing? Like, mm, um, but. That's more of a personal kind of limitation on video than is like a general thing.
2: So it's like how you think about things. Yeah, Yeah. I would say so. The reason that the art prof would ask me that or ask the whole class that was just, if your medium can do something that nothing else can do, why aren't you using it? Or if it has limitations, why don't you use those limitations to find creative solutions? Mm -hmm. So then it's just a really good way of thinking around how you can use something instead of staying stuck. So I always keep that in my head with every little thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Last question: okay. What's the dream project? Right here, right now. Right I don't here, know what right you're now. About. <laughs> oh <my> God, exactly. <laughs> We're already doing it. We're already
3: rolling. <laughs>
1: That's funny. That's a cheeky project. answer. Though <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, this was personally like you know a big dream project is to kind of do stuff like this. Mm. Um, but for dream projects, I do want to shoot a documentary series yes. of about creatives. Like genuinely, like something that, like what we're already doing now for two M is like very focused on what are you guys doing or what other people in the city are doing. But I wanted to make the that very almost narrative of each creative's life from start to finish of their project or like from their career, whatever, whatever fits them. And the because as we were saying, like we make short films, we make videos, we put it out there. One, because we had wanted to express something, but two, we wanted to inspire people to go towards that direction. I was inspired to go do creative things. And that's, I don't know. Like, I feel like there are many others that would do well with that kind of push and to see, um, from somebody else's perspective, start to finish how they kind of did it and maybe that'll get them going and saying, Oh, you know what? I could do this thing too. You know, like I wanted to do this thing too.
3: I'm definitely taking the right steps for it.
1: Yeah, so I would say documentary series would be pretty dang fun. Yeah, for me, it's just making
0: a feature film, like feature length, because hmm. uh, I've done a lot of short films, but now I want to, you know, just take it to the next level. It's it's gonna be very different because short film right now we're on uh, we're gonna be on sixteen days, yeah. whereas a whole feature would take months, right? So yeah, kind of want to experience that.
3: Like when I hear these ideas, it's awesome. I think like, I do think that recently I've been wanting to have adding a little bit more of a purpose driven thing into my projects. So like one thing I really want to do is to my best friends. They're both Africans, one's from Zambia, one's from Nigeria. There's a lot of issues in Africa, a lot of things that they have to deal with that we don't even consider as an issue here. Um, so I would like to, you know go to Africa and film a documentary and a whole project and create a community event to raise funds from that and build a school in Africa or, you know, supply water to 30 more people in the village every day. Um, so that kind of thing. So being able to, to use content and my knowledge and my skill to make someone directly more happier, you know, make their life easier through that. So I think that's the kind of project I'd like to eventually be able to make. How about
2: you? I would probably actually say it's very similar to yours. I would love to start doing more design or purpose-driven stuff for environmental purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a prof that I'm still in contact with, and she was talking about potentially doing things about trees, and especially Mm -hmm. with Mm Australia and whatnot, which would be very cool. I don't know. I I figure if I have skills, I should put them towards a purpose that benefits others always. Value for people.
1: Yeah
2: that's true mm-hmm. that was my last question so unless you me. guys have questions
1: for anybody listening if you've got a question about video um, you wanted to get started into it um, vince daryl and i Juan, are available to you know just shoot a dm and like we can you know share a little bit of what we know and how yeah. you can kind of get started and, and
2: i know nothing so don't ask me <laughs>
1: <laughs> if serena's progression is any <laughs> idea of what kind of knowledge you're learning <laughs> having heard all that
0: though what do you think about video are you gonna pursue it a bit more are you gonna yeah. Take that yeah well
2: i okay the goal this year is to do one video a month ah. um just to force myself to actually learn this mm-hmm. um because it's a valuable skill and i think that it's it's very prevalent now to you know, have that skill, at least the basics. So I'm trying to learn and Juan's trying to teach me and I just, he's trying.
0: <laughs> I think one way for me to look at it is that it's been really helpful, like just watching movies, it gives you another edge of like enjoying this movie. Cause like before you just kind of watch for viewing pleasure, now you get to dissect everything and right. you know you get to apply what you've learned so far. So mm-hmm. for me, that's that's pretty awesome. Like having having learned all that.
1: Sweet. Um, I guess just to wrap things up, we'll start with you, Vince, and then go to Daryl. Just to let us know how we can support you and where can we find your work and moving forward. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, you guys can find me on Instagram at Vince Vince with two eyes. Um, I've also started a company recently. It's called Adventures Within Media Inc um so it's basically throughout the channels the websites there and instagram and facebook
0: yeah same thing for me it's just instagram now uh putting more wedding stuff on on youtube as well at eight race studio as for instagram you can find me at dp.cinematographer without the vowels
1: and yeah sweet uh thanks everybody for listening and uh, we will see you in the next one yeah, yeah,
3: thanks, thank uh, you. thanks guys for having us
1: really yes. <laughs> nice. thanks again for listening to the episode consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing or following the podcast if you found this valuable to your creative pursuits share this episode with your friends and send us a message on Instagram at 2 Labs. we want to hear from you and how this episode helped you and we will see you in the next one